This is the Christian Life Coach Collective, and I'm your host, Laura Malone. We're talking all things coaching, concepts, tips, tools, self-coaching, mindset, faith foundations, and definitely entrepreneurship because I want to support your calling as a coach and help you build a thriving online business with God as your CEO. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here we go. Okay, friends, I am out on a walk. I just apologize for all of the uh, dogs barking and the planes over my head. I live in a quiet neighborhood, except in the morning. I'm in a flight path, so (laughs) there's a lot of um, that, and there's a lot of dogs who bark because I'm walking. So AirPods in, sneakers on, new season, and I'm actually intentionally pursuing health in this season physically and (laughs) that's going to lead to better mental and emotional health I know but in the mix of it I am thinking about what keeps us from putting ourselves out there in the world in whatever realm we want to be in and as I'm thinking about this because of some situations some clients and some things in my own life I I kind of thought of like what are the top things that I feel hold us back and keep us from putting ourselves out there. And the first one I would say is a fixed mindset instead of a growth one, like actually considering that something is the way that it is or needs to be a certain way, or you cannot change or the world cannot change around you, whatever it is that keeps your mind and your thoughts on something staying the same or something supposed to be the way that you say it's supposed to be, as opposed to getting curious and having a growth mindset. The second one would be a stereotyping of sorts, like trying to almost force yourself into being a cookie, into a cookie cutter. Like, let's just say instead of rolling out the dough and putting a cookie cutter on the dough, you put the cookie cutter down and try to stuff dough into the cookie cutter and say like, you are going to fit and you're going to come out perfectly the way I want you. (laughs) Like no teddy bear of mine is going to lose an ear in this baking process. You know, no star is going to lose a tip. And it's like trying to shove yourself into a cookie cutter and saying there's a stereotype of the type of like the person that you think you're supposed to be in order to put yourself out there and do what you're called to do or try something new, whatever it is. When you operate like there's only one type of person or one group of people who do that thing and you don't fit into it, that you're supposed to if you want to put yourself out there, then you're working against yourself. It is a form of self-sabotage. Of course, I have to bring up perfectionism because perfectionism is always going to keep you from putting yourself out there. But there's a cure for that. And I think perfectionism, it, it gets, it's like internal, it's self-focused and it comes out, it bleeds out, it comes out of you and like affects other people. You can put it onto other people, but it starts on the inside and it comes with like a desire for things to be excellent and aligned and correct. And that is not inherently wrong, 
But when it leads to, again, self-sabotage or not doing something that you are called to do, supposed to do, want to do, long to do, it's going to work against you. And so perfectionism is a mindset that while some aspects of it can be healthy and can work for you, there's the side of it that with an unhealthy, out of alignment mindset and belief system that you are supposed to be the perfect one instead of Jesus being perfect and then showing up strong in his, his perfection is being made oh, um, in your life aware. It's like being manifest because you're weak and imperfect. Then you get yourself to a place, you get riled up, you don't take action, you get paralyzed, you criticize yourself, you break yourself down, and this all comes out and happens on other people too. And then you see the fruit of that and you can tell yourself like, see, I'm not perfect yet. <laughs> I can't tell people what the dream in my heart is because I'm a hypocrite or whatever the thing is, perfectionism will work against you. But I encourage you to turn that over to the Lord and say, you are my perfection and you are my all in all. I am not my savior. You are. So show up in my life, Lord. I'm, I'm surrendering my perfectionism. Please begin this, this process of transformation for me. Imposter syndrome is another one, and it kind of flows with perfectionism a little bit, and also the stereotype. Thinking that you are going to be somehow exposed as a fake, in whatever you know industry or job or neighborhood you move to wherever it is thinking that you're not what everybody else thinks that you are has less to do with them and more to do with what you think about yourself so what do you need to do internally how do you need to work on your own belief system and your own paradigm to manage what you believe about yourself and who you believe you're supposed to be or who you think you want to be, but you're, you don't think you are yet. This is all kind of um, strengthening the foundation of the imposter syndrome. And honestly, I think every new level, every new place you go, there is some level of um, imposter syndrome that hits all of us. It might not ever just go away, but it's like fear. It might keep coming back in your lifetime, right? But you can find tools and manage yourself, your thought life, and lead yourself well so that it doesn't have so much strength of effect for so long in your life when it does arise because you know how to deal with it and you know really where it's coming from. So you have some power to take care of it. I'm going to also say choosing insecurity. I know that doesn't make sense to some people, but I've seen it in coaching. I've seen it in my life that it kind of just means that you're actively thinking that you are insecure. You don't feel secure about something or in a situation. Um, it's different than confidence. When you focus on your insecurity, it's going to grow. Whatever you focus on grows, right? You focus on fear, it's going to grow. Focus on the Lord, he's going to grow in your life. So, when you focus on having insecurity, it's going to make you like, if that's the belief, that's the paradigm that you're dwelling on. That's what's going on in your thought life. That's how you're going to feel. It's not going to feel good, right? 
So you have to shift your paradigm to feel, to say like, I am secure here. I am not being threatened. I'm okay. And you're gonna actually have to take an assessment of the, the lay of the land, whatever it is. Let's just say in coaching, you wanna become a coach, but you feel insecure about saying it, doing anything about it. Well, you're gonna have to change your paradigm and decide to say to yourself, but I am secure. Like nobody's actively threatening me. I am not unsafe right now. It might be uncomfortable, but that's okay. I can do discomfort. I have a tolerance. I can grow into a tolerance for um, discomfort. I can do hard things, right? And then that's going to help you grow in the feeling of security, both in the Lord and in your life. So it's going to build your faith. So try acting like you're secure in your mind. Think that way. And, you know, if you're just feeling insecure, you might just be focusing too much on it and giving it too much attention. And then that focus is going to manifest outwardly. So if you're trying to show up in the world, um, but you're kind of just doing it barely, people are going to feel that and they're going to respond to that instead of like your abilities and your giftings and your call. So I have done voice lessons in the past um, for women on worship teams and things like that. What happens is when they get to the microphone, specifically, um, there's times I've had women on a worship team where I'm the worship leader and they are kind of, they're on the, they're like my backup, right? They're, they're on the worship team with me and I can't hear them or, you know, and I'm telling the sound guy, like turn the microphone up or whatever, but I still can't hear them. And so then I pulled them aside. I'm like, let's, I, I am thrown off as the worship leader when I can't hear you because I don't know what's going on here. So we need to, we need to figure this out. Obviously this is always in practice, not on, <laughs> not it during worship time. And then I would have to say, okay, you're a little off key. You're, you know, everybody is naturally sharp or flat to some degree, and you just have to learn how to, how to manage that for yourself. And I would have to say like, you're, you're off key or sharp, you're flat, whatever. And the reason why is because you're singing so quietly. Why, why are you not stepping up to the microphone or why are you not using the strength of your voice? And they'll just say like, I don't feel, you know, I feel insecure about it. I don't know if I have a good voice or I've been told I have a good voice, but I don't hear it. And I will literally say, I need you to sound, I need you to sing very loudly because I need you to, I need to hear what you sound like but I need you to hear what you sound like when you sing loudly. Because when you sing quietly from a place of insecurity, you are always going to be off key. Singing quietly from a place of insecurity always puts you off key. Playing small always makes you off key. This is different than having a confident, strong voice and singing softly. When you are muting yourself, you're rejecting yourself before anybody else can. Not stepping up to the microphone, not singing loudly, it's actually a form of rejection of yourself that you think protects you from being rejected by other people. But instead of even finding out if others would reject you, you reject yourself first and you keep yourself playing small. You keep yourself singing quietly 
and you don't put yourself out there. You've got to step up to the microphone and you have to use the dia your diaphragm and your, your abdominal muscles and your vocal cords in the way they were designed to be used. So when you sing quietly, insecurely, you will be off key. But when you sing with strength and you show up, you might be off key like everybody else is, but at least we can hear you and then we can help to tweak and refine and edit and grow and create something that's excellent. Because by taking that imperfect action and stepping up to the microphone, you have a solid, um, you have a solid sound. You don't really show up with that sound. Nobody's upset when you show up with that sound, okay? Nobody's going to be mad at you for singing your song. And then you've got to just let that imperfect action give you the clarity you need that helps you know what to change, what to tweak, what to refine, then that's going to give you the confidence you need because you choose to believe, I am secure, I am not threatened. I can act like I am secure until I feel secure. <laughs> Faith it till you make it sometimes, right? Okay, so I'm saying all of that because, yeah, like I said, from some clients recently, but also in my own life, I've just been having situations that I'm like, wow, there's really some major things that keep us from doing what we are called to do. And I hate to see that. You know, if the enemy can keep you discouraged, he'll keep you from taking action. If you feel fear, you're angry, you um, feel ashamed, you'll, you're still going to take action from each of those feelings. But discouragement, when you think things and you believe things that lead you, and this is like when you partner and agree with the lies the enemy wants to tell you, and in discouragement, you feel discouragement, that is going to lead to inaction. That's the action in the pearl practice. If your paradigm is that you are, you know, not enough, and it just makes you feel discouraged, then the action is going to be inaction. You're going to do nothing. And when you do nothing, you get no results. You get negative results. That doesn't create a legacy anybody wants. So if the enemy, it's like his favorite tool, if he can keep you play like doing nothing, if he can keep you playing small and not putting yourself out there because you're discouraged, then he's like that roaring lion that's running around trying to lie, kill, steal, devour you. Like he's winning. And you don't want this, right? You don't want this. So if you think, if you're not putting yourself out there um, as a coach, like you think you might want to be one, I'm telling you that the Niche Clarity course is awesome. It's a great, easy way to take imperfect action, jump in there, find your voice, dig for the gold, and see how what is already inside of your life story, your experiences, your heart, your head, your mind. Like, if you can discern some of that, you'll see that there's something inside of you that the Lord is calling you to share with the world in one way or another. So jump into the Niche Clarity course so you can find out what it is you have to say and then who you can help as a coach. It's foundational. It's going to help you see what's inside of you. And 
honestly, I discovered this as a homeschooler. So instead of thinking, oh, my kids are the same and they need to all learn the exact same thing in school, I realized I needed to go search for, become a treasure hunter in my kids and find the gems and the gold that's already inside of each one of them and then polish what was already shining. So the niche clarity course is a way to do that as an adult. <laughs> and if nobody's ever helped you ask the right questions to see what's already inside of you that, you know, the, the world needs, this is it. Even if you're just trying to like start a business, ministry, a nonprofit, uh, and not be a coach, this course can really help you discover who and what you're called to. And it's about the calling on your life and getting clarity about the message within you that you're called to share with the world, whether it's service-based work like coaching, leading, pastoring, or helping people um, in some way, or even if you want to create like a product-based business, the Niche Clarity course can help you find what is already in you that's just waiting to be created externally in the world. So yes, it's designed specifically for coaches, but it's really valuable for anybody. And I would love for my kids to go through it at some point when they are choosing to do it instead of because mom told them, right? So I invite you to do that. And then once you do that, if you are called to coach, you're going to be able to sign up for the call to coach course, which is where I help you start your coaching business online, get everything laid out, just all the foundational, none of the fluff, everything you need to actually get clients, put, put, put yourself out there and make money as a coach and impact the world. So Bless you guys, put yourself out there, sing loud, step up to the mic, and let the world hear your song, okay? I hope that you loved this episode and you feel challenged, inspired, and encouraged. If you're a coach or you want to be one, jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group so we can connect over there. And to work with me, grab the links in the show notes to get quick clarity about your calling as a coach and entrepreneur as well as how to get trained as a coach with Sterling and Stone and start your own business. Bless you, friend.